Oh yeah. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. Well, shit, it's really good night for us. <laughs> Late one. This is uh cover for the guys. We got all the guys here. I got Terrence, Ant, Nick. How you doing today, Ant? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How y'all doing? Living, living, living. No, no problems on this side. How you doing, Nick? Doing great, man. Ready for another great week. Had a lot of exciting stuff. You know, tons of news today. Yeah, for sure, for sure. What about you, Terrence? Daddy duty over the weekend. Man, feeling good, man. A lot of a lot of interesting things to get into tonight. Yeah, so he had he had you know my godson dressed up as Batman. That was the dopest shit I'd have never seen. It was super cute. <laughs> he had he had my nephew who never likes to brush his hair rocking his his outfit. She ain't gonna ever brush his hair. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. He got curly hair. <laughs> no, yeah, he, he got, got curly, curly hair. But he would have the, the Clay Thompson waves if he let you brush his hair. He ain't going <laughs> to do it. Though. He ain't going to do hey, it. Hey, I ain't going to lie. He brushes his hair, and he do be having the waves on the top. Exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> that's just crazy. With the butters. <laughs> yeah. I got to give a big shout-out to our man Steve over on the Ball Hawks podcast. His wife had him dressed up. She did. She's a professional makeup artist. I think he was saying he does it every year. She dressed him up as a Latin, bro. If y'all ain't see it, go look on our Twitter. We got it, man. It looks it looks amazing, bro. It's pretty crazy that his wife was able to do that. So I don't know if you're ever out that way. You want to get some makeup done or something. I would definitely holler at her. So but we had a lot of interesting things happening in the news lately. You know, we were expecting some big trades. Didn't get none of that shit. So, you know, another boring trade. Yeah, another boring trade deadline got his goals. Um, we also had a little incident that just happened today. Uh, Ant is going to tell us about it with involving Oakland Raiders receiver Henry Ruggs. What happened, Ant? Yo, so Henry Ruggs, Tuesday morning, was in an accident. They're saying he was under the influence, and he basically kind of T-boned a car that ended up lighting on fire. And, like, the other driver of the other vehicle is dead. And Henry Ruggs was arrested uh, and under the under like for DUI for a DUI. Now, the interesting thing about this is if Henry Ruggs is convicted for a DUI, he is done done. Like in Nevada, the DUI laws are really strict that if someone gets heavily injured or dies, it is a class B felony automatically. It is a non-probational offense automatically. And it's a minimum of two years, two to 20. So like. Henry Ruggs, if he gets like charged and convicted with this DUI is not just like, oh, out of football, that man is probably like in jail for multiple years. Now, I'm looking for like every report that I've seen and all the reports are saying that the officer said that he was visually impaired on scene. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but if he did not consent or take a breathalyzer and was not uh, like had his blood drawn when he went to the hospital when he was treated for non-life-threatening injuries, then, like, there's a chance that he can fight it. But, like, if they got him, got him. Without him, got him. Yeah. (laughs) Then it's going to be real tough for Henry Ruggs. We might not be seeing him for a very long time. Yeah, that's that's crazy when you hear about it. Uh, Sorry, condolences to the families involved, definitely the family of the victim, you know. Ain't no excuse for drinking and driving, bro. I be telling the guys that all the time. There's Uber, Lyft, taxis call a friend you can in some states you can be drunk in your car as long as the keys aren't somewhere you can grab them you can find take a nap in your car like there ain't no excuse for drinking and driving that's how i stand on it i know the guys feel the same way there's just no excuse for it there's a million yeah, even those guys have entourages too like you telling me you don't have nobody in your circle that's like telling you like no this is you know a dumb idea for you to be driving especially you know a corvette c8 that goes you know a lot of very powerful car. Six hundred horsepower, yo. Crazy. Six six hundred horsepower, jit probably a buck seventy two. That's just crazy. But moving on, we have some other interesting news in Atlanta. This is actually really dope. I think it's a big deal. Uh, Calvin Ridley said he needed some time to step away from the game, much like how Lane Johnson said a couple weeks ago. I think it's big for mental health, especially with men, because they don't really get it checked out or feel the need to address it. I think it's big, and the Atlanta Falcons, they value him as a player to respect his decision and everything. You know, if your job, that's how I feel, if your job doesn't value you enough to let you get some time off like that or have a leave of absence, you probably need to go look for another job. That's straight up. That's how I feel. What do you think, Nick? That's your man's love, too. Yeah, I mean, obviously I agree. You know, 
I don't know why uh, mental illness gets gets a rap, but like if someone's sick and takes a day off or takes time off of work for being sick under the normal terms, no one questions it. Well, mental health is also being that. So if he's got issues, he needs to work out by all means. I, I and I will say though, I've overwhelmingly it's been a lot of support from the NFL, which you know is definitely good to see. But any of these toxic fans who are you know calling him a crybaby or like oh you make millions of dollars, just suck it up and play. Like honestly, pound sand. I mean, there's worse things I'd like to say to you, but like at the end of the day, he's a human being and he deserves the right to get his brain brain right first before stepping out on a football field to play a kid's game at the end of the day. Exactly. Marshawn Lynch said it best. My legit said, keep your chicken and take care of your mental. He said, take care of your chicken, take care of your mental. So you gotta live by that. Honestly, I hope Calvin Ridley, his family, they uh wish him the best and he gets it going and comes back and likes to lead up because we know what he can do on the field, definitely. Uh, so moving on to the news we had this week, you know, moving forward with other news. Oh, we had a big news. We got a shirt made by uh, Danielle Kovic. She made this. I don't know who that woman is, but she just makes shirts. <laughs> and uh, she made this shirt for me. So, you know, maybe we'll start. Hey, don't get your ass. <laughs> I'm about to say, my, my man got a shirt made by his girl and he wants to act single. I got you, Danny. <laughs> Nah, shut up, bitch. That's my girl. You know, she made me watch her. She Look inspired. She made me two shirts. She got the guy's shirts coming, too. She's probably going to have one for Ant coming soon. So they're pretty fire. But uh, thanks. Big shout out to her. Thank you. Appreciate it. She's looking at me. Uh, the Titans lose King Henry, possibly for the year due to a foot surgery. The interesting thing about this, though, he injured his foot during the game. And finish the game to help them beat the Colts. Terrence, what do you think about that? That man is just built different. Like at the end of the day, <laughs> like he he's built different. Like we've been saying this already before this, but this just goes to show like the man is he's a freight train with legs. And for me, honestly, I think honestly he is the Titans of whole organization right now. Like the Titans go as he goes. And right now, with him being out, I mean, I know they just signed Adrian Peterson, but, I mean, you know, if we were talking about AP from a couple of years ago, you know, maybe about six years ago, okay, you you, you got a nice, solid pickup there. But we're talking about AP, you know, 36, 37-year-old Adrian Peterson. Um. I'm not sure how that's going to go, but I mean, I think they would have been better off, you know, potentially getting like a Marlon Mack. I know they're in division, but Miles Sanders, if he didn't hit IR. Miles Sanders potentially, or, you know, Ronald Jones potentially. I mean, you've already swung for the fences with Julio Jones. Why not take another chance with potentially another running back who can feel the, you know, feel the shoes of, I ain't going to say he's going to feel the shoes, but that could step into place in the meantime, between time, and get the job done. But I think this really hurts the Titans a lot. Interesting enough, though, they haven't ruled him out for the year because it says it's going to take six to ten weeks. There's a possible chance he comes back. I mean, honestly, if he comes back, you got to figure he can come back around, like, you know, end of the year, playoff time. I don't know if I would risk it. If it's something he's willing to do, maybe. But even still, like, how do you feel about that, Ant? Uh, look, I ain't like so he injured himself during the game and he played through the game. And I think that like everybody who watched that game saw that Derrick Henry was not Derrick Henry during that game. He was laboring and they kept him in there. And you don't really know how bad the injury was at first. And you don't know if they made it worse because they ran him like still like 27, 30 times that game. He, he came out like in the first with the injury. Yeah, yeah, he did. I don't like that because that is, as, as Terrence said, that is your whole team. That is your whole team's identity is Derrick Henry. We don't know now because, like, obviously, now we know that he has to get the surgery, but he's a big-ass dude. Foot surgery for big-ass dudes is not a game. This, it, it's They are heavy. They move with a lot of force. Like, even if his foot gets better, it's something that can easily be re-aggravated. If you oh, see this man workout videos, you would know – He's insane. Like, nigga, how hey, you all feel? I'm going to say is R.I.P. Ryan Tannehill this week. Facing Von Miller and Aaron Donald. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nick, how, oh, Nick how, that, how you feel, Nate? Um, yeah. So, piggybacking off what Ant said, I think Ant hit it right on the head. 
I I'm not the type to be like, you know, you need to be all on somebody, but like, honestly, that's kind of terrible by Mike Rabel and, and the organization to let him go back out there because I, in one breath, I know that he is your entire team, but you need to look at it as this is our future, not just this season, but next season, season after, you know, he's only 26 years old, 27 years old. Um, so he's got a future and we know what the lifespan of a running back has been all these years. It's not long. So if you want to keep King Henry for the future, I mean, you got to keep him healthy. The bigger thing is too, uh, you got to protect the player from himself. Cause obviously I'm sure they had the conversation, like, are you good to go? And you know, that type of, he's that type of dude that be like, yeah, like he could add a torn ACL and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to roll. And it's like, you got to protect the player from himself. I know it's a critical divisional game. You got to look at it from the perspective your division's not very good to begin with. It's still winnable without Derrick Henry, even if you run through the gauntlet. Um, and who knows how much worse the injury is now that he finished the game. So, you, you know, at the point of when it happened in the first quarter, it could have been a three to four week injury. Now you're talking six to 10 weeks, potentially missing the year. So I don't like the fact that they treated him that way. That's your, that's your, your MVP should have been an MVP. So mishandled yeah, in my opinion definitely i would sit him for the rest of the year i wouldn't i'm not playing him it, unless we were for sure gonna make even if we were gonna make the super bowl i'm not playing him because it just doesn't make no sense like we said the running backs that don't have longevity he's been actually a unicorn in having longevity like he somebody was talking about on the espn i forget who but they were bringing it up how early on he didn't have a lot of carries and in alabama he didn't have a lot of carries he didn't get this big carry usage up until recently like, so that's why the thing was, like, he was able to have these many carries because he wasn't getting injured. He didn't have these carries in college and, and going on into uh, the NFL early on. And we know he in high school. Mid. Like, huh? his first couple of years in the league, he was heavy fucking mid. Well, he was night. running behind DeMarco Murray. That's what people forget. Yeah, he was. He, he was. wasn't He wasn't a starter. Murray had just came off that great year with, what, was the boys. Mm-hmm. And then the Tennessee had snagged him and was like, hey, we're going to take him. But then so, after that, they did him and the other like split back. Uh, what I think he was from New England, Deion Lewis, Deion Lewis, even like him when they were trying to do him in the split back with Deion Lewis, that he was kind of mid then too. It was like after they got rid of Deion Lewis, and like I don't know, oh, they changed offensive coordinators. It was Arthur Smith who's now our head coach. So once they got Arthur Smith, they figured out that uh, the, the play action was the way to go, especially with Henry, and they got Tannehill. It was once I got Tannehill, Arthur Smith, and uh, Derek. I mean, Derek Henry was the only option. They were able to realize that their offensive line scheme was pretty good at shifting, and that's pretty much the way it went. And that's why we suck this year because we think Mike Davis is uh, Derek Henry. And I, I would like to let the American. I'd like to let the American people know, Mike Davis is not Derek Henry. For anyone that was confused. Yeah, that really goes off of the uh, just the scheme and having that coordinator and coach to know what they bring to the table but we're letting mike davis know i think you're pretty good at running back but you were not oh, i think you'd be great at a lot of places my dude but unfortunately and this is not your fault but our scheme is not it oh yeah so moving forward the rich definitely got richer i don't know how this happened i don't know how anybody else did not acquire this man before the rams decided to acquire von miller in a trade with the broncos in exchange for two picks a second and a third and get this the Broncos are going to pay $9 million of his cap that is due, leaving the Rams to pay point something. Like, I, I don't, this is insane, bro. This when you think insane. about it, it's crazy to me. I'm happy to see him leave and have the chance to chase another ring. People forget he was a Super Bowl MVP. He's the only reason Peyton got a damn another ring. If you think about it, it's wild to see this and just – I'm happy for him. I wish it was prime bond that they would get. I, you know, I don't know what Vaughn he's going to get. Maybe he rejuvenates his career. What do you think about it, Nick? Uh, I'm going to start off. I'm actually glad, uh, glad that you came to me first. I'm going to start off by saying this. Obviously, we all agree that this is now potentially a ridiculous D-line to have to face. But I like to give credit where credit is due. And I want to pass it right over to Ant with a question. We talked about how top-heavy the defense is. What does this do for the depth at this point? This is, I think this is huge in so far as on the D line. Now there's two guys and like, let's not forget about Leonard Floyd who who's who's be at the line frequently and is no scrub that like now you're in a situation where when you're all healthy, it's impossible to block because Von Miller's either going to get one-on-ones consistently. If you still want to play Aaron Donald the same way. And Von Miller is still the guy that's going to beat the one-on-one 
Von Miller is still a guy that consistently gets doubled when he plays. And I like that. So now, like, if Von Miller is out for a little bit or Aaron Donald's out for a little bit, I feel like your defense can still play the same way that they usually play, which is something that's really good for you. It also means that you can kind of, like, at some points in time when it's not third down, maybe one of them is on the field instead of both, and, like, kind of let let them last the now 17-game season a little bit better. I, I like both of those things. But outside of that, they're still really top-heavy, though. No, I like, mean – added one more guy. I think it gives them more room on the line to play with defensively on the secondary. I don't know. It doesn't help them, but I don't think they're worried about that too much. Cause they're really thinking like these guys are going to get to them. So it doesn't matter. Like, and yeah, honestly, well, I would, I would bet on that too. Like it doesn't matter. Cause now you know how Aaron Donald, he was on the end now this year and he's been, you know, pushing out to the end. Now he can push wherever he wants. Cause Vaughn can go slide and Leonard can slide. So it's like, Oh, and the neat thing about it is granted their pass rushers, Leonard Floyd and Vaughn, but they also drop back in coverage every now and then. So it's going to be weird that how they scheme into which one's going, which one's not. You know how the Ravens do crazy blitz screams? Like, what if the Rams start, all right, well, we're going to scheme this up a little bit better. So they know we're coming, but they don't know who we're going to come with. All right, I'm going to throw a bowl take out there for y'all. So for me, honestly, at this point for the Rams, it's, it's Super Bowl or bust. Like, mm, there's no way you make these two swings, Matthew Stafford, and Von Miller, and now you're only left with what four draft picks in this next draft. They give up yep. one, two, three, five, and six. <laughs> no early draft picks at all. Like, yep. bro. And I mean, but you know, granted, Von Miller, like you said, he he is a guy who's going to definitely beat the one on one. He, at this point, amongst active players, he leads the league in sacks over the past years running. Um, so, I mean, they're getting a great, you know, stud in Von Miller, who I feel like he more than likely will benefit from that presence of Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd on the other side. So, they're definitely going to get a lot of pass rush, a lot of good pass rush um, going from this defensive line. And, I mean, maybe Jalen Ramsey locks up one side of the field and you can kind of, you know, help out the other corner with a safety or whatever and, you know, I mean, see they, how that works for you. They've been doing that to start with. I think it just puts more pressure with the line. So now it's scary because you ain't going to have that much time to eat apart that second corner like you would normally. Exactly. And exactly. then the other corner, I think it's Darius Williams. He's not a scrub. He's just not having a good year. So now you're like, well, how? who do we really pick on? Like maybe you're – They could be more aggressive now, though. Yeah, you got to have a real good tight end to pick on them, I feel like. And if you ain't got a real good tight end, then you probably won't pick on them like you think. They had some other news. They released my man Deshaun Jackson, which um, I don't know why he wouldn't just ride this out and get a ring. You know, I know he's thinking like, you know, I still got it. He might. I don't really think he still got it like how he thinks. I granted Stafford be missing him on throws, and I'm not saying he don't got it. He got it, but I don't know how he think he got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to me at this point in his career. He's a situational player. He get he is he's too injury prone at this point. Yeah, and he was lighting people up. You got to think like in that like granted, I haven't seen you haven't seen him much in the Rams offense because you got they got Vance Jefferson too. You haven't seen him yeah. much since that Tampa day. But the thing is, they usually how you you get used, you're gonna abuse people. You abuse the Tampa secondary, and that was before the Tampa secondary got bad. That was what week one or week two. Yeah, that was early. <laughs> so yeah, you got how you feel about that, Nick? Um. I mean, I'm glad to see that he got off the team because, you know, there was flashes that we we saw where he clearly still has it. Like, he bailed out Matt Stafford a couple times. He's clearly still a deep threat. And we've already also said, like, you know, a Deshaun Jackson lost, losing one step with his older age is still faster than 90% of players in the NFL. So I think that he can do a lot for a team that needs an extra piece. Um, the ones that come to mind are someone like Green Bay could use him uh teams that are ready to win now that just need like a little extra help with all the injuries and stuff they've had at wide receiver i think that'd be a good look honestly the falcons not even just being a homer but we need help at wide receiver obviously with calvin being out the fact that everyone else is kind of underperforming um maybe the saints Saints, he's he's has a place in the nfl he just has i just hope that his mentality isn't that he thinks he can still be a a one or even a two because he's definitely a third option on a team that's already got some solid pieces. That's my thing with him right now. At this point, he has to know that, hey, I'm a situational player. Because I think yeah. – I'm not – you know, I'm not sure if in his mind he still thinks he can be a dominant player at this point. He's just too injury-prone. At the end of the day, 
I feel like he just has to be, in a sense, like a gadget player. Like, yeah. get him in there for some explosive plays and, you know, kind of work him in there. Yeah, just you work him in there. You don't have him in there, you know, majority of the snaps. I mean, exactly. he wants. Yeah, he. I mean, I don't know. There's not that many teams. I feel like his market ain't as big as, like, we really think. Like, Green Bay, maybe, you know, if you want to add some more depth. I'm saying maybe in the aspect of, like, they have Marquise Valdez-Scantley, who's fast. Like, they already have yeah. a burner, and he's bigger, and his hands are better. You know, but he's Brandon, been he's injured. Not, he's been out all year. Like, he's coming back, though, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's about to come back, but yeah. he's been out all year. And Lazard is in uh, Devontae Adams. So I'm saying just adding depth. They're a little too – the thing that I think Deshaun adds is another element. And, yes, Terrence is right. He's, you know, um, definitely injury prone. But with the fact that they weren't able to get, like, an OBJ deal done, which – I'm not saying he's anywhere near OBJ, OBJ's atmosphere, but they clearly need more help, especially since they're losing another weapon in Tanya. I mean, Rogers has been balling out, but you need targets, and he can't just keep going to Devontae over and over and over again. I, I just feel like – Yeah, he would love to, honestly. He heard, <laughs> he'd, he'd love to get the ball to 17. I just feel like there it's not a good fit because Deshaun Jackson is still Deshaun Jackson. He will drop a ball or two. Like, you know, he don't got the surest hands. Just with Marquise Valdez Scantley there, I feel like it doesn't work. Maybe on the Chargers with him and Guyton. Guyton's a young receiver that's fast, but maybe him and Guyton could be a duo over there to add them some more, more receiver depth because they really just got the two twin towers that could be tight ends at receiver. Like they got bro, Mike Williams is what, 6'5, 6'4? Keenan yeah, Allen, 6'3, like and, and runs good route, great routes. It's crazy when you look yeah. at it. We got another uh thing coming for uh, the segment. The Patriots seem to be catching fire ahead of steam. Terrence, I'm going to let you get this out of your system because I know none of us really care about the Patriots, but what's up? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. He's trying to do me like this right now. But hey, hey, hold on. Special, <laughs> special, special shout out to Matt Judon. Since we traded him to – or he went to you guys, he's been balling. It's insane. Hey, listen, man. I really wish that we would have went after a corner or – a number one receiver, such as like Allen Robinson, um, Kyle Fuller got benched with Denver. Maybe we could have, you know, pulled him from there. Um, but I mean, I, I like, I'm liking what I'm seeing. However, obviously, we have our flaws, such as Jalen Mills. Right. Listen, man is playing horrendous. Like, it's it's bad. I mean, hopefully, he starts to play a little better. Like, I don't know what we can do for him, but. I mean, defensively wise, you know, we we're back to, you know, getting our identity back and the way that, you know, Belichick is able to scheme defensively, I feel like definitely helps us because uh, that's definitely what won us the game against the Chargers. It's well, the reason Mac Jones you, you lost the game too. Mills played CD in the dumbest coverage I've ever seen. That's why y'all bro, got I'm hit with a walk off. Bro, listen, you seen the the touchdown at the end of the game on Sunday. He was in position and he's oh, oh, oh. oh, I can't jump. I can't play the ball. Nah. <laughs> but I mean, um, I'm I like I'm liking what I'm seeing. Um, as long as we can keep on running the ball, I just wish we could have got Mac Jones, like an Allen Robinson. Maybe we could have potentially pried OBJ from the Browns or that is some know, type of depth. Yeah, and they could have got a true number one locked up. He ain't getting out no way. Yeah, that man singing Akon. They won't let. They even got LeBron screaming free OBJ. And His dad doing the backup vocals and shit. Putting up. Hey, you know it's bad. His pops really, and I'm glad his pops said that because like you can see all the people are tired of getting like hearing him get talked about. Because like to me, I, I we weren't even gonna talk about this yet, but just bring it up now. I don't think he's as bad as people was making it seem like his first four years. You see what he's on pace to. Yes. He had that one injury. So it stopped us short, but he ain't no bum, bro. Like even if his production laps and you want to consider like he's some bum and maybe he's not receiver one. Okay. Whatever. He the best receiver two you can have. Oh, definitely. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I swear. And I believe this so true. If he went to green Bay, it would have been like what happened with Antonio Brown in Tampa, 100%. It would have been the exact same See, thing. That's because the, you, you got your Devontae Adams, and Devontae Adams is better than anybody that Tampa has. Exactly. And so he would have been – he's already wide open as basically number one in Cleveland that we saw from that 11-minute video. 
You know yeah. Aaron Rodgers is going to use him. And as long as he stays healthy, his numbers were going to be so stupid. Bro, to me and, – and then people bring up that catch that it was between the middle. Baker tried to get him killed. People know that Baker has a torn blade. I hope you're aware that Odell has a torn blade. Yeah, he does too. So yeah. if he goes up and gets the ball, the same – Mika Fitzpatrick and Edmonds were going to crack him as soon as he got it. They both were going to hit him. So yeah, he probably won't catch that anyway. Yeah, I was – people were like, why didn't – I wouldn't have caught it either. You should have hit me five yards earlier. You should have been hitting me for games in a row now. You've been missing me for games. Wide open. Hitting you, people in the back of the head when I'm wide open. Yeah. Throwing the ball at my feet when I'm wide open. Okay. When you look at it, bro, to me, he like the only the only situation is different because in Minnesota you got one A and one and one A two or whatever, because there's two number one receivers there. But Odell easily. If I was the Packers, I don't get why teams didn't throw that. I would have threw a number two round pick at him. Like, hey, yes, give me. I'll take them. So I think I. So what I heard was Cleveland got offers, but they said none of the offers made sense for them. So I think they're probably low ball offers because Cleveland still has OBJ for two more seasons. Like when I say OBJ is locked up, he is locked up. Well, I think and, they're gonna release him because the cap hit he'll have next year is what they were talking about. Is because his cap is gonna be higher. You okay? You would like they hope he they release him. Like there's no guarantee. Yeah, there's no guarantee. I think it's just the the conscious thought of his cap is going to be higher that he should they should be releasing him. But the thing to me is, if you know you're going to release him, or maybe maybe the Browns are like, you know what, we not getting rid of him. We're not going to release him. We getting rid of Baker. So that's the way I see it. Either they thinking they moving off Baker. And that's, that's why they're not getting rid of Odell, or they're like, okay, we're just going to release him in the summer because we don't want – and that's that's no benefit. So I'm really – if I had to assume – Trade him I'm, in the summer. You can trade – He they have two years on – two more seasons, so they could trade him in the summer. But Yeah, to, they definitely might move him. To me, I'm going to assume that either they just want to keep him and move Baker because that's – in my head, that's what's making sense is that they're going to be like, you know, we're going to double down. We're keeping Odell because there's no way. You watch the clip, even without the clip his dad sent, you still see this man getting open. Like, what? Like, it just it, – it blows my mind to see that. But hopefully that man get freed soon. He not seeing the Akon. I'm locked up. But in <laughs> other news, Nick alluded to it. Packers lose Robin Tanya for the year, ACL. He was balling. He got a big catch for him against the Cardinals game, got him the first down and more. I saw the play where he tore his knee. It looked gruesome. He knew yeah, right away. Too. Uh, sad to see. I wish they would have got a replacement for him. They didn't. So maybe they're hoping Atlanta releases Hayden Hurst or something. Who knows? How you feel about that, uh, Ant? Yo, that was tough because, like, Mercedes Lewis is the other tight end there. But Mercedes Lewis has been, for, like, at least the last two seasons, more of a, like, blocker. Like, you can kind of tell what uh, Green Bay is doing in their scheme by which tight end they brought in. Like, because Tyane can't really block, but Mercedes can. So I think you're going to see Mercedes Lewis catch a bunch more balls because, like, they just don't have any options. I think mm-hmm. the Packers will be fine. Um, the thing about Rodgers is, like, we see this over and over and over again. It doesn't really matter who he's throwing the ball to. He makes these guys look like stars. More often than these guys are stars, he makes these guys look like stars. And, like, that's why they also got Randall Cobb. We saw him step up huge huge yeah, two like, huge against the cardinals uh you know lazard and Devonte they lost both because of covid so like they'll come back eventually i think the packers won't miss a beat like it's gonna be they're gonna keep moving on mercedes yeah. Lewis will catch more balls they'll keep moving on and like rogers is rogers man like huh? that's what he does that's yeah. true though. aaron jones gets a lot of touches too so he's yeah. good we're seeing Ter- that coming out. I'm about to say, Terrence headed on the head. What you're about to see is one, they're going to be, it's a huge loss, but but they'll be fine. One, because you have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, two, Aaron Jones has been used plethora of occasions in the past game. I think now you'll see more of usage in the run game because when they will have to shift the formation to being Mercedes Lewis driven from the tight end position, they'll probably go more heavier sets. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, they sh- they should be fine because Aaron can, like Ant said, make he throws the most catchable ball, like period. He puts it on your numbers, so that's why when you see him getting pissed off in games from drops, he kind of has every right to be because usually if he if he's pissed that you dropping the ball, it's because it's hitting you on the numbers. Um, 
I mean, and also they just beat the only undefeated team in the league, m- missing their top three receivers. So it's not like I, I I don't know. At this at this point, it's the most impressive thing I've ever seen. Shout out to Aaron Rodgers. I know he probably won't win MVP this year, and he just won it last year. But it's kind of crazy to see what he's able to do minus the weapons. And also, I mean, your boy too, Lamar Jackson. But one of his one of his greatest games that probably won't even get recognized too. And yeah, we've seen Brady do it with having less weapons, but Brady's always had somebody out there. Somebody been out there. I don't think he's had too many games. Terrence might be able to quote me on it where he's had not. One person he's used to throwing the ball to. Last year, Brady was in New England, bro. Was Jacoby Myers wide receiver one? Yeah. But they wasn't they wasn't winning. Well, no, what did they do? What yeah, they, they do? wasn't winning no games. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That, that's these, these dudes are on a seven-game win streak now. Yeah, and that was two seasons ago. It did yeah. was a Super Bowl winner last year. You got to throw some respect <laughs> on my man. Hey, last <laughs> okay, yo, go ahead. You're right, you're right, you're right. All right, I digress. Nick, I'm gonna let you handle this. The Jets and they rookie hand the jungle an L. How you feel about the Bengals catching that L? So one, we're we're gonna we're gonna keep the praise train going for our boy uh, uh, Jamar Chase and uh, Joe Burrow because it clearly doesn't fall on them. I mean, you still put up over thirty points in the game. You know, this is something that I can't stand in football. Is this got to be so infuriating when your offense puts up thirty plus? You put up thirty one points on the on the New York Jets with a eighth string practice squad. <laughs> <laughs> who gets put in there and you know shout out to him throwing over 400 yards but people only, other, only other quarterback do that time time, start right? is cam yo well this is the thing and and again i'm not taking any credit away from him because being able to step right in throwing 37 for 45 and three tubs he still had two picks and y'all lost this game i mean at the end of the day joe burrow and that <laughs> offense did everything y'all needed to do this was kind of that collapse we were talking about that could happen because we're saying they're playing too good, bro. Like, it's got to fall apart at some point. But, like, damn, man. Like, y'all had to do something. But shout-out to Mike White. Uh, shout-out to the New York Jets. You know, y'all were able to get another win on the season. Um, you know, you know, I mean, that's all I really got to say. Personally, they, they didn't beat the Titans. And they beat the Bengals. Like, when they're playing good, though. The Titans had no receivers out. Like, the Titans had their Aaron yeah. Rodgers game. The just- Titans one made sense because that was, like, an any given Sunday type situation. They this one was just a collapse. Ground. Y'all and looked like a top tier defense against the Ravens, and they made the Jets look like an all pro team. Well, yeah, both their running backs went off too. That's because yeah. they, they treated that Ravens game like it was a Super Bowl, like they won a Super yeah. Bowl. Burrow Which made said, sense. I mean, let's be honest, it did yeah, make sense. Yeah, but. Burrow said he's like, it don't matter if we lose the game every game the rest of the year, we beat the Ravens in week seven. Yeah. So, yeah, moving forward, going on. To the, <laughs> Yeah, we ain't got to recap that too much. Going forward to the halftime segment, Nick, hit us with something on the Saints. I know you got some stuff going on. All right, so I'm just going to keep this uh, real, real easy for us. Uh, Sean Payton might be the coach of the year, okay, because we got to face it. He lost their franchise quarterback, top five quarterback all time. You know, I know he was a shell of himself last season, but let's not act like losing Drew Brees isn't a big deal. You haven't been able to have Mike Thomas uh, with all that drama going on. You, look, you made Jameis look like a completely different quarterback, and unfortunately he's out for the year. Then you put Trevor Simeon in, and you beat your rival uh, in the division, who's kind of running things right now. But the biggest stat that I have for you is in the Brady era, the Saints are 3-1 and one versus the Buccaneers. So the fact that they're – and that's including playoffs. The only loss was in the playoffs this, this past year. That's because um, it's Drew. Yes, exactly. So they put Drew back in there and, you know, let him – go out there with, uh, you know, his noodle arm that he attributed from getting his entire, no his entire uh, torso destroyed. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the Saints are, they have the 31st ranked offense, but they also have the second ranked defense. So despite the fact that, and Sean Payton's been known for having these crazy offenses, being able to flip the script and now say, okay, well, we lost a lot on offense. Let's do it with our defense, especially against a team like Tampa Bay. I mean, it, it, it's been pretty crazy to watch this year. Shout out to the Saints on their success and making that uh, division, which we thought was probably going to be Bucks sweeping away, you know, a little more competitive. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Honestly, haven't thrown any interceptions for real, except to the Saints. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> nah, he he ain't he got other interceptions. He I mean, he's got he's many. got a couple, but oh, he, he was bad. Like he, he most of his bad. interceptions are to the first, Saints against the Saints. 
besides the Patriots game, which we can chalk up to probably weather conditions, yeah. this was his first bad game on the year, and it's because of uh, the game plan that they had for them defensively. Well, it was weird because they didn't have A.B., you know, and, and Gronk was, yep. went out in the game. It was strange to see he did that throw because it was there, and he missed it, you know. the And yeah. the, the, the safety should have picked it the first time he threw it. Yeah. And he just – the safety didn't get to the ball, and they yeah. were talking about, like, he could have made a play on it. And then I don't get why Brady went back to him again. Like he tried it again. And I don't, I give that Saints defense a lot of credit. I think they're pretty good. They got some names that people forget about with Cam Jordan, Mario Davis, like, and just that secondary in general. I think that's a good defense. It has been a good defense for a while. It's just people just don't give them the recognition. What's up, Terrence? Check out this stat. So, so far in his Buccaneers tenure, Brady is 0-3 against the Saints in the regular season, having thrown six touchdowns against seven interceptions. By contrast, in 19 regular season games with the Bucs against teams not named New Orleans Saints, Brady has thrown 59 touchdowns against only nine interceptions. Boom! Well, you know... The Brady killers. You know what what we're calling them. You know what it is, though? It's just because, you know... uh, Mike Evans said, "Push some Marshawn Lattimore." You know, every every time he see Lattimore, he ain't. Have oh yeah, game. it's on site. <laughs> so, it's on site. <laughs> DK Metcalf should have never got into it with Lattimore because next time he sees Seattle, he getting put in a straitjacket for sure. Oh yeah, it's on site. <laughs> that was so weird. Brady did not even look Mike Evans' way most of that game. Why you like, think? I don't think he was that <laughs> locked. He was not that locked, bro. He was not that locked. They be trying him. Mike what, Evans. I, I will he say is Mike Evans. Get him the he he lived off of the 50-50 ball for years. James hey. Winston. He said, <laughs> put it up there. You know I'm gonna get that bitch. Do you want to know why I played 30 for 30 was throwing the ball? That's no, I was about to say because James Winston was a 50-50. He said, You like 50-50? I'll show you 50-50. This either a touchdown or an interception. No, but I'm just saying, like Brady threw two picks. No, look at Mike's stats though against Lattimore. I'm telling you, yeah, Brady threw two picks, but go back and look at his stats against Lattimore when Lattimore lined up. And the bigger thing, and I truly believe this, piggybacking off what Keith is saying, like as much shit as I talk about Tom Brady, we're not gonna sit here and act like he's not one of the most cerebral players of all time. And I really do think that if he even feels a slight lack of confidence from somebody, he knows not to get him the ball. And if he feels that with with Mike Evans, he's not going to look his that way. Confidence. That's no, what he's supposed no. To. But you got to see it though. He's been doing it ever since last year. When one of the receivers go drop the ball with Godwin or Evans, he goes to his safety blankets and Gronk and AB. Yeah. But the thing is, neither one of them was out there. Yeah. So it was like, well, shit, I gotta go. You know he what I'm saying? Forcing the ball to Godwin that game. He was, yes. Yes, he was. That problem. was weird. Now that That's was weird. Problem. That's they what used... I'm trying to say. Mike Evans was not. Mike Evans got four targets or like three catches. They he, used, and one of them was a touchdown. He, they, he was like three for four. They used Godwin. In, that locked. They used Godwin in a yeah. weird way. He he plays like this Anquan Bolden role for them, but he doesn't. He's not as he's he plays physical, but he's nowhere near as physical as Anquan Bolden because Anquan Bolden wasn't dropping the ball or putting the ball on the ground like that. And it's nice yeah. to use him like that because he, he, you know, he does play physical. He get a lot of targets, yeah. Yeah, I would dial it back and use some other people because they got – they're deep at receiver if you actually they, Yeah, and, like, we haven't even seen – and I'm not saying he's that great, but we haven't even really seen Scotty Miller this year. It's like, what is, Injured. like – who? <laughs> but what, I, what I'm saying, though, is, like, a lot of these guys at the end of the bench were, like, people that were kind of cooking last year. And now you're just – you've got your depth back. So I don't know what their problem is. And they also kind of got away from the run in critical moments too, which I think was a big part of but the it, downfall. It, it's, a, it's a trust thing, like you were saying, Nick. Like with Bruce Arians, I feel like, you know, he don't really trust some running backs because they do be putting the ball on the ground. And yeah. I feel like against the Saints, that probably could have happened. And then you look at it just the uh, – I mean, I know Tom Brady's Tom Brady, but he had three turnovers. He had the, the two interceptions and the fumbles. Yeah. So it's kind of like you got – at a certain point, you got to know when to protect the rock. I know – the running backs have a problem holding on to it, but you still got to pound, pound it, burn I, some clock. I mean, I, I just, I don't. The one interception he kind of threw me, it was a little. I was just didn't understand it when he threw it again in that same situation back at that safety, and the yeah. safety in reality should have picked it. The like they were talking about it, they're like, why didn't you pick the ball the first time? Oh, to Mike Evans. Yeah, he th- he threw he went again at he threw the same. It was it had to be if they blow it up, it had to be the same route. Like it literally had to be the same route, and he was like, oh, I'm gonna try it again. And, you know, I, it, everybody has their bad games. It's not that big of a deal. 
it just puts them in a bind. If but there is a pattern now versus New Orleans, it's on the same. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're a whole like stout team. If you look at them around on defensively, like offensively, they you got to think they probably would have went to a chip last year if Drew if yeah. they played Jameis. So I, I was glad Jameis got the win. I wish he could have been out there the whole time. You know. So yeah. What do you think the Saints do going forward? Like, since we can bring that up now, you think they go sign Cam or they just ride it out? Like, they already missed the deadline, didn't sign, trade for nobody. Yeah. So. yeah. They were never going to trade for anybody. Yeah. No. I think it's kind of time just to say, you know, you you almost got to rock with Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon's got to have a ton of confidence because he was able to play well against the Bucks. I know their defense is – or their secondary is terrible. But if you can get a win against that one of the seven. Super Bowl favorites – Against one of the Super Bowl favorites in that front seven, he's got to be feeling high. And let's let's face it, he gets to play the uh, the Falcons and he gets to play the Panthers, who have been kind of like falling apart. So hopefully, he can build some confidence. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think the Saints are Super Bowl contenders, but they should be able to win some games, even with uh, you know Simeon. I mean, at this point, you know, it'll help him a lot too. Like you say, gain confidence because he's going to obviously Alvin Kamara's going to get the ball a lot. Why does and, no one believe in Taysom Hill? Hold on, why does no one believe in Taysom Hill? Bro, he's he not a true quarterback. Yeah, he He's was he was quarterback two on the depth chart. He was in the quarterback competition with Jameis Winston, Trevor Simeon, no third. And the only reason why Taysom Hill was not the person that went into that game is because he was in concussion protocol, which he should exit this week. He wouldn't have started, though. But Taysom Hill is their Swiss Army knife, and that's his best role. But yeah. him as a true quarterback, we saw how that played out last year. Yeah, he did get his he did get his shot. Don't get me wrong, because he got a shot last year. So Sean he, Payton said, "Drew Brees out, you gonna get your shot." He got, you got a shot. Brees was out for what three games. So if he really shines, it wouldn't have been no Jameis is gonna be the starter this year. It would have been okay. This is your team, and Jameis we still bring him in, but he'll be the backup. You know what I'm saying? No, because the difference he won is- games though. Don't get me wrong, he did win the games during that time period. Hey, but it was he. Ugly. But he didn't shine like how you they paid him. And let's be honest, they paid him to be a Swiss Army knife, not the damn quarterback. They just paid him too much damn money. They said, uh, look, I'm I I like he got beat out by Jameis, and that makes sense to all of us. Jameis had number one overall pick talent. Right. And he's a true Jameis, passer. Let's yes. let's face it, the 30 touchdowns fit. in the season. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I get how he lost to Jameis Winston. That makes sense. Trevor Simeon is not Jameis Winston. Yeah, he's not. Y'all just skip this no, man. But to, not just you. Everybody is just skipping this man's entire existence in this no, conversation. I wouldn't. I'm not saying start Trevor Simeon. Terrence is saying, you know, or Nick or like, you know, roll with Trevor. I'm saying sign Cam. But because, even if you sign Cam, how long does it take Cam to learn the playbook, learn the offense, be able to run it? Like and two get weeks. Going? I say two weeks. You let you let what's his face or somebody else run it for two weeks. If you want to make a Super Bowl to me, if you think this team with how good that defense is playing and you're going to get Mike Thomas back, if you think you can seriously make some noise when it's time to like get in the playoffs, then I'm signing camp. Because if you think you can get to the playoffs and you think you can go further, Terrence saw how it was before Cam got COVID, how good he was playing New England. So if if you think you can make noise in the playoffs and you know, you just need to get these dudes back. And you can add camp, and then you we let Taysom Hill be a Swiss Army knife. Then I'm oh, I'm going. I'm signing camp with no hesitation. Cause you they ain't even trade for nobody. That's the other thing. Like you gotta think if, if James if James went down, I would have been like you know we at least trade for somebody. Bro. <laughs> like yeah, Taysom Hill not a true quarterback, and I don't know like the games he did win last year they were ugly as far as you know the offensive wise. They, it didn't look good at all. And at least you know you know what you're getting out of Trevor Simeon, and then you can also have Taysom Hill as a playmaker on the field, I feel like. So, I feel like you get more with Taysom Hill as a playmaker. Yeah. Not, especially I mean. if you bring in Cam, you get way more out of Taysom Hill as a playmaker. And that, let's be honest, they need a tight end because they ain't really got a tight end. So if you want to line them up out there, that's better than nothing. But moving, <laughs> moving on with the halftime. And run through your your uh, ten players of the week real quick. You ain't got to hit us with no stat. Just top ten. You can hit us with the top two stats. I got you. I got you. So top ten players of this week. All right. So number one is interesting because this is probably the only time a New York Jet will be number one on anybody's top ten list. Uh, running back 
Michael Carter, who put up a Christian McCaffrey stat line this week. He had 15 rushes for 77 yards and a touchdown and added nine catches for another 95 yards. That's that's Christian McCaffrey shit right there. So I got him as my number one player of the week. My number two. All right. Tennessee Titans, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown had 10 catches for 155 and a touchdown. And one of them touchdowns was a 53-yard catch and run. And he just yeah, burnt exactly. multiple dudes, <laughs> burnt multiple dudes on like a relatively short pass and took it to the house. Man was really killing it. My number three, and this one's interesting, but Elijah Mitchell from the San Francisco 49ers, really under the radar. He is the only rusher this weekend who had 100 yards on the ground. He had 137 in a TD. Nobody else had clipped 100 yards on the ground this week besides Elijah Mitchell. It Granted, it happened against my Bears, and our defense played like, like garbage. But, <laughs> like, hey, I, I got to see it firsthand, and it hurt. Uh, <laughs> so after those top four, I'm going to get into some defensive players. And Justin Simmons, safety for the Broncos. I got him in there. He had two picks, two deflected passes and seven tackles against the Washington football team this week. He was he went nuts. Man, it was out here. I also got Adrian Phillips. Yeah, there you go for the Pats. He also <laughs> came up with two picks this weekend. So, Peace. like, yeah. Go ahead, talk your shit. Go ahead, talk your shit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that, hey, that boy playing good, too. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. yeah he, is. he is playing really good. Big. Big game for him. The Pats defense showed up and single-handedly won that, that game for the most part. Uh, Pittman, Michael Pittman from the Indianapolis Colts, he had 10 catches, 86 yards, and two tuds. Uh, so that man was really looking like, – he's actually looking like a real wide receiver one this year over there in Indiana with hey, Carson Wentz throwing him the ball. You know who Michael Pittman is? Michael Pittman is going to throw a lot of people off. Maybe they ain't been watching Michael Pittman a lot. Michael Pittman is Mike Evans with a little bit less speed. Yeah, I can see that. Honestly. Big, big reliable target. He's big reliable yeah. target. He gonna fight for the ball. He he's definitely that. He, he I don't I don't think he's as fast as Mike Evans. No, he's not fast at all. But, but he doesn't he, have to be as fast. He's big, yeah, he don't have physical. to. He's exactly. gonna go, he'll go get it. He'll win one on ones. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, we also got the second New York Jet. I gotta give Mike White. That's his name. Put some respect on Mike White's name in his first start. <laughs> Joining the Cincinnati Bengals for 405 yards, three tuds. There were two interceptions there, but he also got the W. And oh. again, yeah, yeah. Look, he was out there. He he look the biggest guy of the day. This should not happen. All right. <laughs> That's wild. That's wild. Like he's been in the league for three years and had played in, in no games. He didn't touch the field ever until last week. And then he had his first start this like two weeks ago. He didn't touch the field until two weeks ago, had his first start last week. Now, outside of that, my last three, and this is where like there's a lot of guys who can really be in this area, but I gave one to Josh Norman, DB for the 49ers, also showed up. He had a pick, a pass deflection, seven tackles, and one forced fumble against the Bears again. Uh, we was really out here just <laughs> home two weeks in a row. <laughs> uh, but Justin played a good game. Uh, I gave Matt Stafford a nod here at nine, even though like they played the Texans. So like it's kind of hard not to. But he had 305, three tuds. That was a big game for him. And of course, he got that through to Cooper Cup, who had seven catches for 115. Man, listen, he and is a touchdown. He is nuts. He has to be up there somewhere. He is nuts. Seven yeah. catches. Their, their chemistry is so stupid for being their first year together. That that one clip that went viral on Twitter, where the ball is already in the air before uh, Coop even started making his first before move he breaks, before bro. The break. before, before the break, bro. Before the he first just move before the, the break. ball. That it was it was already in the air at the shake, and then he breaks, and the ball's in his hands. That was nuts. Think about lie. how much better Cooper Cup made. Uh, sorry, uh, J- Jared Goffaluk. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie yeah. to you. This is why I be telling people to play the damn ball. Because if the corner was playing the ball, guess what would happen? It's just saying. Insane. His eyes, his eyes were in the backfield, but I'm not gonna lie. I don't know if he could have stopped that play. Yeah, it was. I'm smooth. gonna be sure enough. It was. It a was nice a smooth play. play. It was smooth. He, he would. Lie. It wouldn't have been as bad, but uh, but he, yeah, he had sneaky eyes. He was looking in the backfield, but he got. I mean, that that was such a perfectly thrown ball, perfectly timed route. I think he was getting cooked out of the way. 
Yeah, for sure. Matt Stafford, that was a great throw. I saw it. I, I watched it a couple of times. It, it's beautiful. Yeah, I was like, it was beautiful and, to watch. That and how big shout out to Cooper Cup, how he ran the route, honestly. That was kind of clean. So uh, that's your conclusion, top 10, right, Ian? Yeah, that's my top 10. I got an honorable mention from Miles Garrett. He only had 30 pass rush snaps, and he had a sack, a QB hit, two hurries in that, and 30, and 30 snaps rushing. So that's pretty big. So, yep. and I got him as an honorable mention down there. He he had a really high pass rush grade from Pro Football Focus this week, but like obviously the hit stats were not as significant as typical. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So moving on to fourth and five, we are and just alluded to. We talked about it earlier, but the Browns continue to lose. What is going on in this world? I will also bring up something that I saw on ESPN earlier. I sent it to the guys. It. Actually, shifts blame from Baker and Odell to Kyle or Kevin Sosfansky's effect on his receivers. Remember how Diggs and Thielen had the problem with uh, uh, Kirk Cousins in Minnesota? Well, Kevin Sosfansky was the offensive coordinator. And if you look at the graphic that he's been provided, their percentage of their targets had dropped with Sosfansky without they were at, you know, getting seven, six targets, but their numbers dropped. In this system with Odell, he's getting four targets with Stefanski as the offensive coordinator head coach. And then, or a season prior to Stefanski being the coach, he's getting 4.6, right? With Stefanski, he's in 3.1 targets. Like, what? Well, that's insane. Isn't you got, that way you got and, Odell on the team, you get three targets. Again. And you, and you got to remember, Odell, even getting that 4.6, that first year in Cleveland put up 1,000. People forget insane. that. Put up a thousand yards receiving. What? You didn't know that? I remember the game he had against the Steelers when he broke like a 90, 90 something yarder. Yeah, Nick, because people forget because it was in spurts. It was like he only had like a couple good games, but those games were like huge snapping. games. Like he was yeah. going off. Yeah, it's just crazy. People forget it. Yeah, he put up. I had to fact check myself because Ant looked at me crazy. It's 74 receptions, a thousand, 35 yards. 14 yards. He averaged 14 yards for the average throw. 89 was as long, and he had four touchdowns. Was that the was that the year Kevin Stefanski got there or the year before he nah, got there? Nah, I think it was the year before because that's oh, when they had that. that they, had, they had that one coach, the big Freddie white Kitchens. dude. Yeah, Freddie Kitchens. Yo, that's wild. How did Freddie Kitchens scheme OBJ better than Kevin Stefanski? That's crazy. So <laughs> I'm gonna say this. Disgusting. Go ahead, Nate. What you got? Not and I don't want to sound like the biggest Baker Mayfield hater in the world because yes, I mean obviously there's there is a, a recurring theme here. Uh the schemes are also not helping OBJ's numbers. I think we're all in agreement here. It's clearly not OBJ's fault. But and I hate to be that guy, but after that clip was posted of all those things. I don't think Kevin Stefanski is going to be like, all right, Baker, get your ass on the bench because you're not sticking to my scheme when you have OBJ flying wide open. This is a premier or was at a certain point a premier target in the league. He still can be, honestly. And he probably, and I like I told you all what I thought. If he was in Green Bay, he would have an Antonio Brown type season. Um, but I, I, it's mind boggling to me. Yes, I know scheme is a lot of it, but I, if I was to put the blame, I'd be like 75% Baker, 25% Kevin Stefanski. Oh, if I'm picking blame, I'm going 50% or 50 Stefanski. I'll go 40 Baker and 10 Odell. Yeah, he dropped the ball a couple times. Yeah, he so got he got a I, couple. I two on the season. He's got but, two but, drops on the season. But no, I bring it up, Terrence, and you know it a lot. If you're in a slump, right, and you're trying to get out of it, he's just anticipating catching the ball and then just going. So yeah. he's not locking in on the catch. And I that's why I feel like he's dropping the ball. Because that one where Derwin James is guarding him on the fourth and one or fourth and whatever. I think his routes, his routes ain't been as clean either. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah, I think when he cut Somewhere. that route, he was expecting to just beat Derwin and just go. Because if you look, the linebacker was on the tight end. I think he saw like, oh, I'm about to cut loose. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, so that's how I put the blame. Because Stefanski can't be doing that. You got Odell, you got Jarvis. And really – they didn't even Odell or Baker's fault while he lost that game. It's really Jarvis. Jarvis had like six drops, something ridiculous. Like he had a lot of drops, but you got to think he's coming back from the injury. But he has some big time drops for somebody who don't drop the ball for them. Yeah, that's that's big. That's so really like big. I don't I don't know what you do to fix this. You know, Kareem Hunt's out for them, I, and you're 
the division is looking tough this year. Steelers are coming back alive. Like, what do you do? <laughs> they got to play through it. Like, honestly, I was surprised they let Baker come back so quickly after Case Keenum kind of held his own. Like, can you tell me after watching that game against Pittsburgh that it would have been all that much worse if Case Keenum was a starting quarterback? Like, Baker <laughs> had like what, like two something yards, no TDs, right? Hey, to and me. They- to me, if you think about it, if I'm the Browns, I really look at getting a quarterback. Because if I didn't trade Odell, there's a reason I didn't trade Odell. Because I was gonna some team, probably, yeah, and you know well, they wanted to keep him through this season. They didn't trade him offseason. but they ain't winning no games. They haven't been winning as much games as they should. Because remember, next week we're gonna redo the Super Bowl picks, and I had them going against the Pats. And uh, you can bet, or the Packers, you can bet next week I'm changing. They ain't gonna be there. Cause I don't yeah. think I keep riding that wave. <laughs> I have to. We said about midweek and then playoff time, we just go switch the route. I'm probably switching them out because they can't just be doing that to me. Crazy because on paper, they got a great team. If you think about it, to me, if I'm the Browns, I I would try to put up a package to get Watson. He didn't get traded. I'm going to throw everything at Houston to get Watson. I'm also going to say this. We, I know we keep talking about the OBJ drama, but, like, we also got to acknowledge the fact that the defense has severely underperformed. Like, yeah. yeah. But, but I think people didn't know how good that defense was going to be because they were putting in so many new pieces. Like, they knew they were going to be good. Don't get me wrong. You're right. They're definitely underperforming. But I think it was like maybe you should be middle of the pack or, like, you know, barely outside of 10 and not playing. Oh, Huh? How about the, I, Keith, I, I gotta say, I don't think anybody had them outside the top ten before the season started. Maybe everybody not top five, top five but no. But I said like six and ten, barely outside, like eleven. You know, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to find an excuse for them to. <laughs> I, I think you're trying to hold on to your pick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I was wrong. I'm gonna admit it now. I was wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, I think everybody was. I think everybody expected, you know, at least, uh, you know, AFC Championship type season. I mean, now we're talking about they might might not make the playoffs. Crazy, insane. Yeah, they might be back to being the Browns of the AFC and fourth in the division. <laughs> Bro, what is one of the happens? best rosters in the league? Though. What do you like, do next year insane. if that happens? You just blow up the team and be like, no, we're not doing this again. You, I don't think you blow up the team, but you got to try to make some significant changes because if you end up last in the division and you got to figure out whether or not you're going to pay Baker Mayfield. Oh, oh. Matt, imagine, think about this. Who would have told you from the beginning of the season you're going to end up last at the midway point? The Ravens are going to be out. We have 16 people on the, the injured list. Big Ben is going to be wishy-washy. And the Bengals are going to be lights out damn near. And you are somehow going to be the one in last place. Like, and talk about the team that's top-heavy. The Bengals, the Bengals are kind of like heavy. the Rams. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> kind of like the Rams. They're, the reason they're winning is because their stars are falling out of control. Yeah. And we saw The reason they just lost to the Jets is because their depth on defense got so exposed. So it's like if a team like the Jets can really show out like that, and that was showing out for the Jets. Oh, um, yeah. field day. <laughs> and the Browns can't handle a division like that. That's bad. That's very yeah. bad. So I don't know what they expect for them, but it's it's going to be crazy to think because you got to think everything's going to change next year. Bengals might get additions. The Ravens are going to hopefully be healthy. Who knows what the Steelers do at quarterback. It's and they got T.J. Watt back healthy. You see what T.J. Watt does for that whole defense when he's back there. So it's crazy when you think about it. Uh, I got another big thing that happened. We had Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Shicey Rodgers, Mr. John Wick. I got my old fire. Don't need security. Yeah, the club, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that shit was fire. It was. Hey, I don't comfortable? even. <laughs> you look way too comfortable doing that shit. That was the thing. Like dumping that. Mr. State Farm look way too comfortable with the glizzy on, just like. <laughs> hey, I'll let you know. Aaron Rodgers definitely probably be listening to Pushaishi the way he both. He was on. You know, hey, the up, hey, all the new rookies came in, and he was like, walked in the locker room one day. He was like, "Hold up, who is this?" And he's been bumping it ever since. <laughs> he, he took that. He took that loss in that M- NFC Championship game. He said, "Yeah, I'm about to get it back in blood." Like, imagine this man 
I wanted them to get OBJ. The 30 for 30 on this season would be so stupid, bro. Oh, my God. I want, Bro, I really wanted them. I'm going to be honest. I wanted them to get Odell, right, and move off Jordan Love and extend Rodgers. Yes. Like, go, hey, you know I what? Want them to, I want them to win the Super Bowl because I don't want him to leave. Yeah, like, you know what? This Jordan Love shit is not working. We're going to send you somewhere that needs a quarterback, and we're going to double down and be like, you know what? Rodgers, you're our dude. We're sorry. We're going to try to get rid of this GM by committee, but we can't. But we know we love you love your coaches, the players. like, And you know he has a, a good connection with LaFleur. Like, they are they seem to be, like, great on the sidelines. But, yeah, Mr. Shicey Rodgers, Pooh Shicey, just – I don't know. He was dressed as John Wick too, bro. Like <laughs> he had the fire and the party and everything. Like what? I was so I was kind of shocked by that. I was like, damn. It's almost as bad as shout out to Tom Brady when he did the Chief Keith. I know you was <laughs> that shit was gangster too, bro. <laughs> I that shit, bro. People were people were texting me be like, yo, you see this shit, bro? They're like, yo, I heard Brady on O Block right now. I'm like, messages, bro. I ain't trying to hear none of this. Nah. He started, oh he started God. that video so subtle. He was like, Mikey had three tubbies. We got the dub. And then, bro, dropped the Chief Keef in the background. And Chief Keef added him on Twitter. It's like, whoa. That's hard. How, how, how do you not? Oh how do you not? Bro, that shit's so disrespectful. <laughs> I get Brady. Well, we that lost by like 30, bro. So, like, what are we going to say, bro? It's, it's so funny to me, though, when he does that after every win, he, like, puts a little video out there. But it was just funny that whoever is on his – uh his team that was like, no, bro, put the cheeky video on the end of this. <laughs> That's crazy how you put that together. Uh, do you think we're talking about, you know, Shicey Rogers, that big Thursday night game, probably the best Thursday night game slotted for the rest of the year. What happened with AJ Green? We about to end this soon. What was AJ Green thinking? Hold on. Hold on. Before we even get into that. I just want to know. I think somebody on this podcast called that up to happening. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. I can't remember. Somebody had it picked out that that was, someone's streak was gonna get. I just wanted to. I just had to flex that really quick. But anyway, continue. One play away. One play. Yeah, I mean, Nick was AJ right. Green brain cart away. Like, hey, he the controller started. got unplugged. The controller died. <laughs> Bro, I, I, I try to think of every excuse for this man. Because then the other thing was, I was like, okay, well. If you saw the defender was about to go for the ball, and granted, he didn't even know where the ball was, but if you've seen this dude look like he was making a football move for the football, you should have hit him or something like. First of all, how you run a route and don't even look for the ball at all? He at ain't run end, no route. He ran at the, end, yeah, he at the end of the day. He must pre-snap whatever he thought. I don't know what he oh thought, but God. at the end of the day, he must have. The only thought he had was, "Man, I'm not getting this fucking ball." That's the only thing that makes sense. Like he was like. Pre-snap, he was like, man, fuck this. I'm not about to get this ball. And when he threw it, he was probably like, oh, my God. So, I don't yeah, know. He was lost. Oh, my God, until he got picked because he ain't know what happened. He didn't know what was going on. He, he literally hey, thought. I, I ain't going to lie. He didn't even know he got an interception until he was celebrating. He was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad there's Thursdays where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to stay up. And that was a Thursday. I was like, watch the game. I'm like, I'm going to keep watching yeah. this. Like, it was definitely crazy. Terrence. Hit us with some stats on one of the best head coaches. You don't get no recognition, Mike Tomlin. And no, he ain't taking the USC job. Shut up with that. Stop disrespecting my man. So this man, Mike Tomlin, is one of only eight coaches in league history to win a Super Bowl within his first two seasons as an NFL head coach. He's the only head coach in Steelers history to lead a team in two Super Bowls in his first four seasons at the helm, including, you know, an appearance against the Green Bay Packers. So in this man's tenure was 14 years at this point, been the head coach since 2007. This man hasn't had a losing season. Like that's insane. Since 2007 to that's not have one scary, losing bro. season. That that's is scary. Big, big kudos to Mike Tomlin, bro. Like that's, that's crazy, bro. I'm trying. His eight and eight season, the quarterbacks were Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Yeah, eight and eight. That they gotta remember the like 500 season we talking about for never losing that season. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's, that's 90% of coaches. Hodges. That's 90% of coaches, two and 14 seasons. Yes, like remember that with the same yeah. O-line that we was killing for like the lap for like that next year afterwards. He went eight and eight with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. 
I mean, I'm not gonna lie. If I had to pick like a a coach to play for, he would just definitely be at the top of the list. Oh, a hundred percent. What, what, what was it? Did he say to uh, Miles Garrett? Was was it Miles Garrett the one he said he's like, I don't want to ever have to draft someone like you? He's like, you're too young. Good. Yeah. 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 No, he said I don't he's, ever want to be young. bad enough yeah. to be able yeah, to, that, draft to draft like someone him. like you. Yeah. That's so that crazy. Was, he that said that dope. so serious, too. Like, I don't. Serious. <laughs> that was dope. All right. I got a question for y'all before we get ready to get out of here. Who would you rather have? Both of their going to both players are going to be in their prime. You're going to take TJ Watt or JJ Watt? Who you got over there, Ant? Bokley Prime, I would say you got to take JJ because yeah. when JJ was in his prime, JJ oh. was like far and away one of the best players that we had ever seen at that position in history. TJ Watt's like TJ Watt's that guy, and I feel like TJ Watt has been screwed out of a defensive player of the year or two already. Uh, yes, I'm gonna say it. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. I know he didn't say that. Yes, he didn't say that shit. What? I, I, what? <laughs> what? He should have won defensive player of the year last year. I mean, yes. Hell, it was a Mickey Mouse season for them. Hell no. Hell no. I'm telling you, hell no. It was a Mickey I'm, Mouse season for them. I, I don't know I don't if you should hear none of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> the numbers. My man had the numbers. Look at Aaron Donald's numbers. I did. My man had the numbers to win defensive player of the year that year. A hundred percent. Oh, look, look. I'm going to get them TJ Watt numbers for you right now because you ain't about to hold TJ Watt. Who, 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 who you taking, Nick? So, quick question. And you think they would have won more games with a prime JJ? Now we're off topic. Who are we talking about here? You taking JJ or Prime uh, TJ? Who are you taking, Nick? I, I'm taking JJ because JJ. I mean, because the difference is, is obviously, I think we can all agree TJ is probably the better pass rusher in it, but it's not by much. But JJ would blow up your whole play, your whole backfield. Like before Aaron Donald, there was JJ Watt, and now the difference between Aaron Donald and JJ Watt is Aaron Donald doesn't get hurt as much, and JJ's prime was a lot shorter. But if we're talking about in their prime at their best, JJ Watt's like one of the best defenders I've ever seen in my life. Terrence, what you got? Gotta put Luke Keekly in there too, man. We didn't talk about smart. Luke Keekly, bro. Yeah, I know. But it was just on my mind because I was like, that man will literally tell you what you're doing before the play. You change the play. Oh, he's gonna do this now. That man been oh, living. Oh, yeah, you in, go here because the play coming. You've been living in Carolina. Carolina too much. Who you taking? Yeah. Who nah, you taking? Man's insane. He was insane. But I'm taking JJ Watt. If you put a prime JJ Watt on that Steelers team, he might have carried the distance. Okay, it's the 2019 season. He was screwed out of uh, defensive play of the year in 2019. He had two interceptions, eight forced fumbles, mm. four fumble recoveries, and 14 and a half sacks. Not to mention he had 15 sacks in 2020, but I'm just saying. Like, he had 14 and a half sacks, eight forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, and two interceptions, and did not win defensive player of the year. Do not play. Y'all, like, they hold T.J. Watt in 2019. So... Well, Aaron Donald won, right? Uh, I want to say, yeah, Aaron Donald got it. It was his second or straight one he got. Mm-hmm. So he got it easy. I'm going Donald, bro. You see what they be doing to Donald? Oh, I forgot to bring this up. Jalen Smith got re- Jalen Smith got released from the Packers. But like in and out, bro. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Smith said. <laughs> <laughs> Put the hat back down. <laughs> uh, literally some in and out burger stuff. I don't know what was going on. It's, it's crazy though. But that's uh that's this week's episode, guys. It's crazy. So thank you for tuning in, checking in with the guys, locking in with us. If you want to find us, you can find us over on Twitter at cover four underscore with the guys. We're pretty active on Twitter, super active actually. You catch Terrence on there. Nick be on there talking about the Falcons. You know, we got the bet going. I'm going to get my $20. You can find Ant on the Fly Route podcast. <laughs> he is extremely active over there. You can... Anyway, mind your business. You can find him at the Fly Route podcast on Twitter. Ant will be here with us again next week. We'll keep bringing great stuff to you. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a good night. Good rest of your day. Later. Hey. <laughs>